The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra. Welcome to The Lifestyle Show on RTE Radio 1 Extra with me, Tara Lockery Grant. This is the podcast show where we have a look at the best interviews that we feature on rte.ie forward slash lifestyle and also in the lifestyle section of the RTE News Now app. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So what do we do? We look at all aspects of living. We really try to help parents. We also try to help people who are working and juggling many areas of their lives, but also are interested in self-development, food, fashion, travel, living, human interest, motors, all of those aspects and many more. Now, a couple of weeks ago, festival season obviously has come to an end, but a couple of weeks ago, Groove was on, a festival that was taking place in Greystones. It's uh, happened I think it's it's in a couple of years old now, maybe five years, and a new section that started this year was a wellness area called Thrive. And ahead of it, we spoke to behavioural change therapist Siobhan Murray about what she was going to be doing there, a little bit about her, and she promised to come back into us to have a talk a little bit more about the next steps. For those of us who find life a little bit overwhelming at time, a couple of how-tos to help us manage that. And going back before that, how did she go from a very busy corporate exec lifestyle into changing everything around and becoming a new person, as she says herself, from being extremely sad from a lot of her life's journey to being a very strong, emotional, happy woman that she is today. And she is, and she's beaming on the other side of the table from me now. Siobhan, how are you? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me back in. Listen, delighted. So let's go backwards before we go forwards for anyone who is yet to meet you and come across and remind us again what a behavioural change therapist is. Um, well, as I said when we were, were talking before, Tara, uh, I my background is psychotherapy, so it is very much about what makes people tick in their emotions and um, what drives them. With behavioural change, it's looking at all those behaviours that aren't serving people well and changing them, uh, helping them to find ways that they can implement change in order to get a better outlook on life, that they're more comfortable with what they're doing. It's not, and I will always say this, it's not going to change the stuff that's happening in their life. The, The bills are still there. Getting the kids to school, the job, the deadlines, all of it's still there. It's about changing the, ba- the way we react to responding to events. Do you know what? At, at the autumn launch for RT, there was, we were interviewing Vogue Williams, okay? And her new show, one of the new documentaries that she's looking at is a very important area of anxiety. It's a real issue for in Ireland, as is depression. It's great that we're finally talking about these issues. One other area that, again, I would hope somebody might do a documentary on, and maybe that's you, overwhelmed with life. Yes. So what's the difference between being anxious and also then being perhaps overwhelmed? Well, I've I've found that the word anxiety and depression in my private practice is is quite an overused word. I think depression is rife in, in this day and age, not just in Ireland, across the world, as is anxiety. However, I'm seeing people present to me with coming in using this word that has become common practice. Uh, I've got anxiety. I have social anxiety. I have anxiety over work just used over and over and over again when actually what it is is they're overwhelmed. They have too much on their plate. They are not able to sit down and go, what's important in my life? Why am I doing? Why am I being all things to all people? Why am I continually saying yes? And I think we touched on this before is the the inability of us to say no. Terrified to miss an opportunity. Yeah. Total or to be FOMO. seen, to be fa- yeah, yes, and you wonderful. know, when I read that first FOMO, I was like, God, that sounds like a kiddie term. I don't suffer mm. from that, but it's not that I'm fearing missing out. 
in a good way is in, oh God, I'm just going to happen to miss the latest pop culture. It's fear of not put leaning in. Yes. Fear of not San- Sandberg, wasn't it? Uh, Cheryl yeah. Sandberg. Fear of of failing by not being the best mom or best school at the school gate, trying to help out with the school and the kids and but not leaning into work, putting the hands, the law of suicide for the project, even though you know you're already stretched. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I talk about is that in a work environment, if somebody, if a, if a peer, if a manager comes and says, you know, Tara, can you take this on board? That's great. Yes, I can do that. However, I have all of this other stuff on on my plate right now what would you like me to drop off or push back yeah and put it back on I l- somebody. As soon as you say that, my shoulders go down again. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, and it's about empowering people that what I do is it allow people to have the behavioural changes within themselves to feel comfortable to do that. Because when I say that initially to, to clients, they go, I could never say that. Yeah. Oh my God, I'd be fired. No, it, I actually am admiring a lot more men and women that I work with who are balancing their stuff better. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff is probably not what I call it at the time, but <laughs> yeah, their stuff. Now, another one is this, uh, a book that I started reading I was dying to get your view on this. It came into my head as soon as I got through the first chapter. Scrum. The ability to do twice as much in half the time. Now, number one, that sounds great, okay? But it also is, uh, and I have, as I said, I've only started. It was recommended by Ross King, great, great uh, talker, motivational speaker who was at Dublin Tech Summit last year. It also is terrifying, the idea of taking on more. What about when we're juggling 15 balls, instead of juggling, learning to juggle them faster, which is not what you help people to do, it's instead realising which ones you probably shouldn't be juggling in the first place. Is that fair to say? That's absolutely. I also also have another little visual. I'm I'm a visual so learner. I, as you can tell. I, I spend more time with my clients putting books down on the floor and creating little pictures and mountains and explaining things like to them in, in a very visual way. And what I do with the juggling lots of things is imagine your, your computer, yeah, your laptop this. or your uh, your screen in front of you and you're working away five, 10, 15 tabs open. The computer will work. Of course, it'll work. It'll just be a little bit slower. Yeah. If you start closing down some tabs, it works at its optimum level. And ideally, you actually only want to focus on one thing well at a time. Because if I'm cooking dinner and I'm on the phone to you and I'm trying to help with my children's homework, I'm actually not giving anybody attention. So my children are sitting there going, well, she's on the phone, so she doesn't actually care about me. I'm talking, giving you maths equations down the phone when I'm actually trying to have a conversation about meeting you. So you're going, you're not focused. So nobody is getting the best of me. And I'm the one that ends up overwhelmed. Yeah, you're making me write down a question that I'm going to come back to. That's so, so I think a lot of us will be able to relate to that. And um, what about, so how do we find out which balls we should be juggling? Well, that I, I would sit down with the client okay. and I would get Brilliant. them to look, to sit down with, with a page. I have questions, specific questions, very targeted, specific questions about their personal life, their work, their home, their relationships, career goals. History. Okay. And put all of that down. Again, very simple because when we take it out of our head and we put it down on paper, it doesn't seem as overwhelming. Yes. It's when it's in our head and I look at it as when it's all going on in your head, it's like a bowl of spaghetti. A gorgeous <laughs> big bowl of spaghetti and all those strands of spaghetti are all it's intertwined so good. and yeah. when they're all intertwined 
then you can't make head nor tail no. of them. So if you can sit down and take each strand out yeah. one by one and go, oh, OK, it's actually not as overwhelming as it was. I can I can look at that one and I can look at that one. And those two actually go together Wow! or those three go together. So that's rather than they were. I tackled that one. I spent all my time doing that. Uh, it's kind of nearly like the Irish roadworks. <laughs> If they all spoke to each other, we'd only have to dig up the roads once. An issue that many of us suffer from is this whole idea that um, you're so busy. The mind is going. You've got all that spaghetti brain thing going on, which now I'll be using that analogy. It's a great one. So the spaghetti brain thing going on and you then are finding it difficult to prioritise. And then you perhaps spend time doing something that you know is easy and safe to do first. Mm -hmm. And you still then are freaking out at the end of the day because you've only half done your big one. Oh, big one first. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, I would and I would never have thought in in a previous existence um, in my 30s or probably even my early 40s. I'm 48 in two weeks. You look free. Honestly, if anyone could just look up. Do you know what? Do it. Siobhan Murray. Actually, you can't. You can do it on Siobhan's new website, Mm twistingthejar.com. What's your social handle? Well, the Instagram is twistingthejar. There you go. Yeah. So twistingthejar.com and then on Instagram. I'm actually getting people to look you up just to check out how hot you are. No, 48. That's unbelievable. We'll get to your journey now and how you are looking as good as you're looking. But yes, go ahead. I was to say if somebody had told me that I would happily be getting up at any time between five and six in the morning because our cognitive skills work best in the morning. We actually 4 a.m., which I'm not expecting anybody to do, 4 a.m. to 8, 9 a.m. is when we work best. Our brains work best. Wow. Is that fact for all of us? As I hit the microphone, is that fact for all of us, even the ones who would say they're they're night night birds? Absolutely. (gasps) If you imagine that you get up in the morning, you do whatever, whether you are a parent or not a parent, you've got your work, you've got everything that you do during the day. So your cognitive skills, your brain processing, your decision making is under fire all day long constantly 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 you get to six seven eight o'clock at night at which point your your brain is gone enough enough so one of the things I would say to people um, and I will just get back to the the decision making is if you have a really important conversation to have with somebody do it early do it early in the day especially in relationships don't say I'll talk to you when I get home I'll have that conversation at eight nine o'clock at night because it's a surefire recipe for someone to a row or for somebody to feel undermined because they don't have the emotional and physical energy at that stage to engage in the conversation oh my god that's actually relevant to me today (laughs) so even with work whatever it is if you have to respond to emails nobody's going to read the emails at night so you do it get up the extra half hour early when your brain is working and that applies to also making the phone call that you don't want to make okay the any of the big tasks do those early. first that is brilliant and Joel, what do you say to people who say we're supposed to get up now I think I actually smile when I think of this because I don't know anybody who could do this but get aside from kitties get up and go to bed with the sun oh uh, melatonin I mean it is ideally Absolutely. I would totally advocate for people to be able to do that. It isn't always going to happen. One of the things I read um, quite, quite recently, when you're getting ready to go to bed is to light a candle in the bathroom. So when you're doing all that, you're as they the beautiful term uh, bedtime hygiene. Oh, yes. um, Is to do it with very low lights. 
because the candle actually the light of the candle produces melatonin. Nice. So you're already getting yourself into that sleep state. Do you know what? I bought one of those alarm clocks. I can't tell you the brand now, which does this mirrors the sunset and the the, um, sunrise and sunset. Mm -hmm. And it is great. And I definitely think it works. And it works with the kids because I pulled them in into um, my bed to do story time at the end of the day. And we're all extremely sleepy by the end of it, which I think a lot of parents again can relate to. Getting back because I'm so conscious with time and I know with you the last time we just ran out too quickly because I think we're going to have to keep on having you back with so many questions (laughs) and queries because this is a big important issue of how Mm -hmm. we can help if you're just joining us it's Siobhan Murray who's a behavioural change therapist and we're looking at how we can deal with being overwhelmed in today's world but how to do things a little bit better and still function and be happy Siobhan you said to me before which has just nearly knocked me off my feet with your honesty I just don't think as many of us are as honest as you are and you encourage us to be better Um, you were sad for a lot of your life and Mm -hmm. now you were and that's such a powerful word Mm. isn't it three letters and then now you're emotionally stronger than you've ever been before physically you look amazingly healthy and glowing Um, what happened Where, where your corporate life journey to who you are now from the sad to the happy what happened I think and it was interesting when I was sort of looking at this um, I was trying to pinpoint where where was I sad and it was at that point that I went God I actually think I was born sad and and sad not depressed not any of those other words but sad so I sort of a long story short I, I took that all with me through my childhood, I'm a uh, back back in the day where there wasn't mixed race marriages. My parents, my mum's Irish, Catholic Irish. My father's uh, Muslim, South African, Indian. Talk about <laughs> yeah, a, a, a hodgepodge of, yeah. of, of mixtures. Um, so grew up in a time where I was and I'm an only child. Um, grew up in a time where a lot of subjects weren't discussed. So my mum had been ostracised by her family um, for marrying this man. Uh, It was a marriage that didn't work because culturally it was uh, under huge pressure. Um, There was another incident within within that, um, which I actually do have an older sister, but back in Catholic Ireland, she had been given up for adoption. So there's 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 so much wrapped up in all of that. Um, that I, I took that sadness all the way through secondary school um, and into my 20s. And I spent all of my 20s and part of my 30s on antidepressants. God. And self-medicated that with alcohol as well. So, and throw in, I worked in the music industry, um, both on the road and corporately. Um, there was There was a lot of partying. There was yeah. a lot of... Uh, drugs and rock and roll for want of a better way of saying it Um, in my early 30s I moved back to Dublin and I sort of in a a way settled down a couple of failed engagements um, some heartache so that just added and compounded the sadness Um, I set up the Ronald McDonald Children's Charity which was amazing it was just a a fabulous experience and then I crossed over sideways to work within McDonald's um, head office so now I was suddenly from being this sad party girl to a sad corporate girl Oh God Um, and it was it was interesting I had this fabulous job Oh listen from the outside I was going to say I mean and the ostracised that that element of Irish society went across the board hopefully we're coming on a little bit now 
through people like you who are helping us to talk, helping us to heal. But you on the outside, people would have thought she's beautiful. She has a great job. She's extremely bright. She's hardworking. She is a success. Well, and it's interesting because one of the things that you say is, and thank you for all of those gorgeous no, compliments. No, but that's what people would think, it, wouldn't they? And it, did. It, and, and, you know, I was I, a lot of, of life back then was drink fueled. Yeah. And, and I talk very openly about my involvement with drink. I'm 10 years uh, next month not drinking. Which is amazing. Which I love. Um, I love being a non-drinker, I have to say. It's something that I don't miss in, inspirational is another word that's overused but when I look at you and I talk to you and how much you have yourself together and not mm-hmm. and as you said there's many days where you're challenged or somebody mm-hmm. would see you and you they you, they can feel that but it's your honesty and your goals that I love but anyway I, I'm interrupting you go 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 again it, it was so where I was was here I was this corporate girl um drink fueled I drank every day um I drank uh I would say I drank two bottles of wine Every day. And they were my normal days. They were not going out days. Uh, I still functioned to a, to, to a certain level. What I have learned now is I'm actually an introverted extrovert. So I needed alcohol in order to be able to be the social person that I was. Um, I was probably some social, quite social at times that were that was not acceptable. Yeah. Um, now I know my limitations when I go out. Um it was it was giving what, up drink. What did you mean not acceptable? Sorry. Oh, I was dancing on tables. I was the party girl. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I was so from the outside, as you say, I was everyone would have said yeah. I was really happy. Yeah. Inside Sundays, I used to find and I say this and I'm I, I, and I say it because I hope if anyone is listening to this that they can go. Actually, I kind of sometimes feel like that. Yeah. Sundays I used to find so Sad. sad Sundays sad. I don't know why Sundays I think a lot of people find Sundays hard again that's very good very honest it's, yeah. it's they would be the days I would call my mother as an adult yeah. and roar crying down the phone and she'd be off a mountain because she was fabulous she's great <laughs> off climbing a mountain going aha yep yep and her answer to everything is have you had a shower put oh, on clean bless. underwear and change the bed sheets <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's 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 interesting she was she was always there for me but she was there was nothing anyone could have done yeah. about that except Except me. I had to change what was going on for me. And I had been to psychotherapy. I had dipped in and out and and I had. But I, 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 I was going and telling my story to this psychotherapist or that psychotherapist. And I was just telling the same story yeah. over. I wasn't actually implementing any yes. change. So then I go back home and be sad. Yeah. So yes. <laughs> off I go. So so yeah. it nothing changed. Yeah. And uh, I think when I gave up drinking, it then it was shortly after I gave up drinking. At this point, I'd had the two boys. Uh, yeah, two, your ten. two beautiful boys who I happened to see when we were on the Thrive stage. I happened to see them at Groove, and they were gorgeous. Uh, my my nearly my nearly twelve year old is taller than me and just walked around calling me Shorty. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this is great. What's his name again? Sean. Sean. Yeah, and your other uh, Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, they're gorgeous. They're, yeah. They're, sorry. So you well, had your boys. Had yeah. the boys, and I have been, and I'm I'm uh, quite strong about this. I am a single parent. Yes. And there is, for me, there is a big difference between parents who don't live together but co-parent, mm-hmm. and which is fabulous. Yeah. Uh, but you're I, a single parent. I am a single parent. Mm-hmm. I raise the boys mm-hmm. myself, and I, I say that uh, I think we raise each other. Yeah. <laughs> myself and the boys, we are a unit, and I have learned so much Aww. in the last twelve years 
that if I hadn't have had them and that stability in my life, I wouldn't be the person I am now. Okay. They are very much, I have learned as much from them as, as the other way. That's beautiful. Mm. It's really beautiful. Mm. And I can understand what you mean. Um, so yes, so you then were, you stopped drinking. Stopped drinking, had the boys, um, single parent. And I just went, I'm going to give up for a month, a month. And I'd never done that before, really. So I gave up for the month. I didn't go to AA. I just stopped. Did you go out in that time? Um, Probably went out a little bit. But not the way you would have before. Oh, I I mean, I still don't go out the way I used to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that that is the one thing that does change. I think when you have been a drinker to being a non-drinker, I think it's different for somebody who has never drunk. Mm -hmm. They can quite happily go out till four or five in the morning. I, again, know my limitations. I know when it's, you know, 12, one o'clock. Or I just, it's different. And also my life is different it now is. with two boys and two sporty and boys. your exercise regime yourself. Yeah. You're, I you're very healthy. Would train five days a week and I'm about to start uh, my personal training search to become a personal trainer. Which is amazing. Mm. So in addition to being a corporate <laughs> whiz, right? And I can't even get the words out there. It's amazing. I just think psychother- as psychotherapist, behavioural change therapist, you're now about to become a personal trainer yeah. because you believe that the physical and, and fitness in, is connected. Oh, completely. I, 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 your I, mental well-being. Your mental well-being. When I'm looking and dealing with clients and they're coming into me and they're coming in about their head, they talk about their head and they are not addressing anything else. They're not, their physicalities that to me, it's not one or the other. There's no point going to the gym and training and then being sad or overwhelmed. Um, There's no point coming to see me and not addressing. So I would ask all my clients, unless they physically can't, I would ask them all to do 30 minutes walking a day, even if it's just walking. And Siobhan, what type of people are coming to you now and what are you able to do for them? As usual, I knew we'd run out of time. (laughs) It's everything across the board. I I work with couples. I work with men. I work with women. And what do they come to you? Do they say that I'm sad? Is that why they're coming? A lot of people come with depression and anxiety or they want to change. Um, they're overwhelmed. They, 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 when the, that's where I sort of step in. Okay. And I would have a chat with them on the first and second session and sometimes realise actually it's not depression. It's not anxiety. And if I do feel that, that's that's a, a GP. That's a referral on. Um, it's, I can I can sit with somebody and be part of that recovery plan but not that's not my place to to recommend medication but if I see that somebody's actually overwhelmed and I can sit with them and and give them tools to be able to bring themselves down talk themselves off the ledge of of being overwhelmed Um, What sort of tools can you give them? I have one that I have used actually a couple of times this week which I'm going to get you to imagine that you're doing it where you're sitting there behind me is and you can do this in your living room. Okay. You sit in your normal chair in the living room and look at a wall okay. um, or the TV. Even just look at the TV. All the stuff that you're stressed and worried about is on that TV and you're feeling that while you're sitting in that chair. So really concentrate on it. Think about all the stuff. Sit with the way that you look at it, that you have behaviorally continually always looked at it because you've never looked at it a different way. And I want you to physically get up from the chair that you're in and move to another chair, a chair that you don't normally sit in. And now I want you to sit and look at the television. The stuff is still there, but I want you to now purposely think of all the different ways you can look at that and challenge yourself that you're not allowed to look at them the same way you did. So the stuff hasn't changed how you're perceiving it changes and see 
if you can implement those. It doesn't work the first time or the so second time. It's constant I, I want to do this and I want to get mm. this right. So basically, when you see it from the different angles, um, how does that help us? Because I think... It allows us to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. If, if I can just very quickly explain the whole concept of twisting the jar. Yes, yes. Your website, yes. Is, is Twisting the jar is about twisting a jar. It is a, about... Uh, my mum my mum had an aneurysm many years ago, paralysed down her left side, regained her power but very weak, asked me one day in her uh, in my teens to open a jar for her in the kitchen. I couldn't open it. Uh, she looked at me and she said, close your eyes and visualise yourself oh my twisting yeah. the jar open. And it's something to this day I still do. I twisted the jar open. Now, that's great. And you can hold that thought and you can go, OK, well, Siobhan said, I have to twist the jar, I have to close my eyes, visualise it, but that didn't work for me. So do you know what? That doesn't work. But there's other ways to twist the jar. You can stab the lid with a knife and temper and release the pressure and it'll twist open. Yeah. You can run it under hot water. You can bang it off the counter. You can um, tap, bang the middle of it, uh, the lid hard. And again, that releases there's the pressure. pressure. And you can also ask somebody to help you. Oh, yeah, OK, I wasn't thinking of that one. So because sometimes yeah. we think we have to do it all ourselves oh, yeah. and that's when we get overwhelmed. Even with your mum having asked you, I still wasn't thinking of that as an option. Brilliant. So yeah. so there. So to me, twisting the jar is about not just doing it, not giving up when you try and do it yourself once and go, I, I can't do that. Mm. So I'm just going to sit here. I, I, I failed at that. I think the shame isn't in asking for help, which it was mm-hmm. previous generations. The shame is not asking for help. I think it should be come. I think it is becoming is in when we try and we see we're struggling and we still are too embarrassed to ask for help. Yeah, I think that's going to be our next. I, th- I think our kids, that's going to be they'll go, what? You've struggled with this for six. Go and get help. Yeah. Just Whereas we're help. in the in between, aren't we? And we're starting. We're getting better. Yeah. And people are obviously coming to you and they're the ones who are going, I recognise I've got something wrong. I'm, and they're the clever ones who are going, let's fix this. Yeah. You know, um, who are going for help in general is what I'm saying. So th- the other one I love that of yours, which I've already started using, um, is the alien. Oh, I love my alien. I love my alien. You better explain. So so this is where um, I am a mindfulness coach as well. And I love mindfulness. Of course you are. <laughs> I forgot to say that. <laughs> But one of the things with mindfulness is if you're coming to me and I'm saying, OK, Tara, you're coming and you're overwhelmed. Yeah. You've all this stuff going on. And I'm going now, Tara, in my nice, soothing voice, voice, I'd like you to take 10 to 15 minutes of your day that you don't have any time. And I would like you to practice mindfulness. You're going to walk out and go I'll add that to the list of things I'm not <laughs> going to take today. So uh, yeah. If I can get you to incorporate it into your day and I have uh, my tool that I use for me is my little alien. So when I go for a walk, even if it's down to the shops, if it's going for a run, I imagine there's a little alien up in the sky. He He's gorgeous. Mine's purple. And I have a wire that goes from my brain to his. He can't see down on this planet and he is fascinated with everything. He wants to know all about everything I can see. So my job when I'm out is for five or 10 minutes is to relay everything I see. So if it's the leaves are starting to go brown on the trees, there's conkers are falling. And are you talking? I can talk in my head or yes. I can sort of, it, it depends. I mean, I'm so used to it. And I actually I've done it pretending I'm on the phone. <laughs> 
can, or an earpiece or Bluetooth. Can you do it in the car? Oh, you can do it Grant, in the car. Absolutely. That. If you're sitting in the car and you can go, there's two green bins there. My God, did they put two green bins out? Oh, they put anyway. You just keep on processing what's around you and it allows you to be present okay. and it's about being present because if you're present in the here and now it you cannot think of two things at the same time yeah, that's what it that's the key it is so all yeah. it, it's, it's not about making it go away it's about being present to allow you the time to process the other stuff Siobhan as usual gone time out the window and but look I think we got a lot of the key points across there um, in behavioural change therapy also whether it's psychotherapy linked as well to mindfulness and now you're going for your personal training certificate there is so much there connected with dealing with life today and that's yeah. what your goal is in your new website twistingthejar.com and also people can email you Siobhan with a BH Siobhan at Siobhan Murray with two oars.com. Is there any other way to spell Marie? I don't think so. Siobhan, thank you so much again for coming in to us. Will you come in to us again when we start getting ready for the actual new year? Absolutely. And start making love our plans. It'd be great yeah. to talk to you again then. Um, and before Christmas. Thanks a million. Thank, thank you, you so Siobhan. much. This is the Lifestyle Show. I'm Tara Lockery Grant. Thank you so much for listening. You can find out more on rte.e forward slash lifestyle and also as well on the lifestyle section of the RT News Now app. Thanks for listening. Bye. The Lifestyle Show with Tara Lockery Grant on RTE Radio 1 Extra. You're listening to RTE Radio 1 Extra, quality radio from home and abroad.